Welcome to Tulsa Bible Church's brand new podcast called Hidden God, where we explore issues of theology and culture in order to help build healthy, relevant churches right here in the Tulsa area and in the States. I'm joined by Daniel Newberry. He's my co-host. My name is Jared Verweel, and this is Hidden God. Welcome back to Hidden God, Daniel. Good to see you. Good to see you, my friend. It's good to see you. I've got... June 4th, 2020, which means it's my mom's birthday today. Happy what? birthday, mom. Happy birthday, Jared's mom. <laughs> Judy. Judy. Judy for wheel. Happy Ju- birthday. Judy in the sky. <laughs> love her. Love her to death. That's awesome. I'm glad you, I, I love how you had to look at your watch to know that it was June 4th. June 4th. Today. Yeah. A day that shall be remembered in infamy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. for the history of our world. It is really weird. Really weird times, June 4th, 2020. This whole year, man, every, 2020 in general is just weird. It's a weird year. We thought 19 was bad. 20 is like the end of the world, basically. Kind of crazy. Feels like it. Man, I was like, 2020 vision. Mm-hmm. 2020 mm-hmm. just has a good ring to it. Yep. Not so much. Nope. Nope. Man. So many people are saying, man, 2020 is going to be my year. Well, it only took a couple weeks, honestly. Right. <laughs> it got pretty bad. Man. <laughs> Yeah, we are not far removed from some major happenings in the news. Mm-hmm. As long as you haven't been living under a rock, you probably know what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just kind of want to update this. This is a, t- a chance for us with this podcast to address issues of the culture and, and things that are happening. So it's hard to it's hard to ignore this. Right. This one, we definitely want to speak some truth into it and go to scripture. Yeah. How does how does the Bible inform what's going on in our culture? But yeah. Give me, let me give a few updates on on just some of the things that have been happening specifically with um, with the uh, the racial issues in the states here. So Minneapolis last week, of course, we saw um, a police officer just um, murdered uh, a citizen right. in the streets of Minneapolis. A white officer, of course, mm-hmm. black victim, we might say term it that way, um, which makes this just a hot button item for continued racial Mm -hmm. discrimination issues that we're facing in the States. And uh, the officer today has been charged with third degree murder and second degree murder. They added another charge just yesterday to that. The three other officers that were um, part of that along on the scene also charged with aiding and abetting second degree murder and second degree manslaughter. Actually, today is the private funeral for the uh, the gentleman George Floyd. Really, that was killed. It's uh, two o'clock today. A private funeral in Minneapolis for him. Didn't know that. So, yeah. Wow. Just wow. um, just a tough time, tough it time is. in the world, tough time in the culture, mm-hmm. and a lot of people are are addressing this. So we want to mm-hmm. do that today with this podcast. Yeah, there are a lot of uh, different voices kind of coming out and talking about it you've got a lot of peaceful protests that are going on um, a lot of protests that are turning to rioting and then you've got a lot of vandalizing that's going on you've got different people saying no no there's the peaceful protesters and then there's the vandalizers they're completely different people right Um, you've got a lot of conspiracies out there some of which very well may be true very well may not I dude I don't know (laughs) I just I see what's going on on the news that's I see the same thing everybody else sees you know right 
Um, and we just got a lot of voices speaking out. We also have a lot of churches that are speaking out. The Southern Baptist Convention released a statement. Uh, I've heard a lot of critiques on that, different points of view as to whether or not what they said was right or wrong, with whether they or not they were addressing the actual issue or if there was something deeper than that. Um, you've also got John Piper's prayer, uh, which which was pretty heartfelt, uh, very emotional. Well-known pastor in mm-hmm. the area there. Mm-hmm. Good response. I, I think it was a really good response for I pastor so. to make. Just, hey, this is there's a time to grieve mm-hmm. here, and there's a time to ask God to to help heal. Yeah. And um, and man, what better way to do that than than to voice prayer like that? Absolutely. And then even here in Tulsa, we've had a lot of local churches, you know, finalizing and officially saying, here's our official statement as to what's going on. Here's how we view racial injustice, George Floyd's death, things like that. I mean, this this opens up a can of worms. You can look at so many different points of view, whether or not you want to comment on Floyd's death or if you want to comment on racial injustice in general or what's been going on racial injustice for the past 200 years or even go back further, like uh, those guys we were listening to earlier. But, I mean, people have been talking about this for a long time. And, I mean, you know, we got some quotes here, but one of my favorites is uh, Dr. Ben Carson. He is, man, I love Dr. Carson. He's such a cool guy. Yeah. Um, He once said, he said, of course, black lives matter. But what I feel, instead of people pointing fingers at each other and just creating strife, what we need to be talking about is how do we solve problems in the black community? of murder, essentially. That was back in 2016, back whenever he was running for office, or maybe he was 15. I always get confused. Yeah, when they... I, I do too. But but yeah, a good, mm-hmm. strong, educated voice Yes, that, you know, I, th- I think a lot of people were, were resonating with what he was saying mm-hmm. and appreciative, like, okay, we can talk about the problem yeah. until we're blue in the face. Yeah. Let's talk about some solutions. Solutions are what matter. You know, and, and let's let's unite behind those things mm-hmm. instead of continuing to to cast a, a negative narrative. Mm-hmm. All it's doing is really fueling the fire yeah. in many cases. So I was, like you, I was very, very happy and um, uh, pleased when to read some of those thoughts and statements he was coming out with. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so now we, we've come together and we decided, you know what? Something needs to be said here, and we feel like this podcast would be a great place to to say something. Um, personally, I, I once heard a sermon from Pastor uh, David Gusick. He's a pastor, I think. Oh, I think it's in South Carolina, and uh, he once he was talking through the Book of Revelation, and he was very. He just like I, I only listened to his first series, his first sermon on that series, but he was in his opening sermon. He talked about Revelation verses nine through twelve. And in this this certain part of the of the book, he's uh, John is actually he's beginning to write his letter of what's going on, and Jesus comes to visit him while he's at Patmos, and you hear that. So John is he's facing one direction, but Jesus comes from behind, and he hears the voice of Christ, but he doesn't recognize the voice until he identifies himself. And when John turns around to see where the voice was coming from, knowing this was the voice of Jesus, the first thing he sees are these lampstands. And then the second thing he sees is Jesus 
taking care of the lampstands. Well, throughout the rest of the book of Revelation, we come to find out these lampstands represent the church. And you you can look in the Old Testament and see the more more in-depth purpose of the lampstands and whatnot. But if the rep- if the lampstands represent the church, if John Gusick's whole message was, if John was the world in this situation, and he heard the voice of Christ, and when he turned to see where it came from, the first thing he saw was the lampstands or the churches. What does that tell us how we should be acting towards the world? What should we be doing? Right? So we should be, his whole point was, we should be a voice to the world of Christ. Christ's voice should be coming from the church to the world, addressing sinful issues that are going on in the world. And when the world wants to turn to find out where that voice is coming from, they should see the church first. Right. And so that's what we're doing here is we're taking this issue, which Racism is just a matter of sin. It's really just a sinful issue at the heart of things, right? Right. So we're saying we need to talk about this because we need Christ's voice to be heard on this very specific statement. Yeah. yeah and I love what Tony Evans says along those same lines. He, mm-hmm. he says if Reformation, specifically in our nation, in mm-hmm. America, if Reformation is going to hit the White House, it's mm-hmm. got to start with the church house. Yeah. Oh, you know? that's good. And, the, and here it is, just a, a really strong voice into these issues stemming from pastors, theologians, um, laymen even, communities that are banding together to live out the truth of the gospel Mm -hmm. in a very meaningful way that does, in fact, impact the culture, Mm -hmm. which is really good. But I do think it is is necessary for us, not only Tulsa Bible Church, but just individually pastors and in the area. Um, Being in Tulsa, I feel a little bit removed from Minneapolis. Right. You know, and just a little bit. The peaceful, thankfully, most of the protests have been very peaceful here. Mm-hmm. And and I'm I'm just really grateful for that. And I feel like God's really blessed us in that um that response that has been that we've been feeling here Absolutely. in Tulsa. But what's what's crazy is this is not a new issue. No, it's not. This is not something that's revolutionary this isn't even something that should be surprising us Mm-mm. as pastors, as citizens in America. Right. We shouldn't, um, it, it seems like literally like every three, five years, something like this comes out. There's always this big reactionary stance that people take. Mm-hmm. In reality, you know, we should be responding and have responded to this. Right. Because we've been faithfully preaching the gospel this whole time. Sure. You know, and and I think what you're seeing a lot right now, um, what's unfortunate in some church circles even, is you see the church responding more like the world mm-hmm. to this situation than the world responding more like the church. Right. And that's a huge problem, right? right. Because some of the voices that you're hearing coming from influential uh, leaders and, and Christian leaders in the nation right now mm-hmm. sound almost exactly like secular voices. Yeah, and and so that's true. not what we're supposed to be doing. So, so the first thing I want to say is, man, let's let's move past the reactionary response. Mm-hmm. Let's get to enduring principles of the gospel that we've been preaching this whole time mm-hmm. and putting flesh to those things by our actions in the community, by our missions work. Mm-hmm. And those kind of things, because it it does that. A lot of that stuff is like, guys, come on. Yeah. I mean, the narratives have been out there, the issues have been out there, generation after generation now, mm-hmm. and and we we we're like surprised or we're caught off guard 
like, where, where have you been? Right. You know, I just, I kind of want to say, um, open your mind a little bit and, and let's, let's, uh, let's realize the reality of sin yeah. in a fallen world. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like we were, we, we were listening to another podcast just a little bit ago and this guy was saying, dude, this sin of racism has been around since Cain and Abel. I mean, this is whole, this is, this is one person against another. This is a sin that's been around for a long, long time. You're absolutely right. How have we been addressing it in the past? Yeah. And that's just the same way we need to address it now. Yeah. So. And, and it gives a lot of, it gives a lot of credibility to this fact. You're not going to solve mm-hmm. sin issues with sin solutions. That's right. Right. So you've got, at the heart of this is not a skin issue, it's a sin issue. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to continue to blame skin as the problem, you're mm-hmm. going to continue to get skin problems. Right. I mean, there's no way that you can do that. And I don't want to get political on this one. I don't want to go to the, the liberal response versus the conservative response on any of that. No. But at the end of the day, the church really is the only hope and the only solution. That's right for a long-term redemptive restorative healing to this to this country and to the situations that are happening. That's right. Everything else is a band-aid. Mm-hmm. It it feels like it's fixed for a little while mm-hmm. until the next thing comes up. Mm-hmm. And uh and as as believers and as Christians um wow, what an opportunity number 1 to preach the gospel mm-hmm. and see that if sin is the problem and the sin problem is a blood problem mm-hmm. because we're all related to Adam. It's going to have a blood solution. Sure. And if you don't get to a blood solution, it's, it's not going to fix it. Right. It's just temporary. Right. Absolutely. And I think that, I think that you're, you're basically hitting it on the head. And so the question that we got to ask ourselves is what, how do we as a church, you know, if we're, if this is where unity is going to happen because unity happens through Christ, then what does Christ say about the situation? What do we as a church need to say to the world so that Christ's voice, the gospel, is conveyed in this situation? Yeah, yeah, that's a really great question. And and the first thing I'm going to point out here is is you can't fight racism with racism. Absolutely. So there's so many buzzwords in the media right now. And let me just say, the, the first time that you hear white officer, mm-hmm black person mm-hmm. got killed all of a sudden you're going to talk about social justice that's right yeah and that's great to talk about social justice i'm not against talking about social justice mm-hmm. however nobody agrees on their definition of justice <laughs> so now we've got a huge problem because for some people justice means you know the individual having the most freedom to do whatever they want as long as they don't harm others right for another person justice means making up and restoring for broken relationships that have crippled, mm-hmm. you know, races and what whatnot. Another definition, race, like a biblical perspective of race. There's one. Yeah. The human race. Absolutely. But not everybody agrees. Right. On a definition of race. Right. And, and so right off the bat, we need to, we need to call a moratorium on fighting racism with racism. And, and what I mean by that is, Stuff like white privilege, mm-hmm. black versus white, pigmentation of the skin color it makes a difference. That stuff has got to stop. Mm-hmm. All it's doing is perpetuating a very long historical problem mm-hmm. that's been around. The Bible, again, 
it's not a skin problem. This is a sin problem. Absolutely. And if, and if we start to show special privilege to certain groups of people over other groups of people, Mm -hmm. you're just fighting prejudices with more prejudice. Right. Right. I absolutely agree with that statement. And we also have to acknowledge though, that there is, um, it's it's a matter of sin. If race is a matter of sin, then sin certainly looks at the skin color. I mean, sinful people, they don't look and say, oh, that person is the same as me because we're all children of God. They look and say, that person's different than me, and that makes me dislike them. It's because sin is twisted. And so we have to say, okay, yes, we're, we're, we are in favor of the fact that we all come from Adam, right? Mm-hmm. And we are all... Um, we're all human beings, and the fact that, that George Floyd was murdered, what's most atrocious about that is that someone was murdered. Right. It's not the fact that he was a, a black guy who was murdered by a white guy. Exactly. That's, I mean, now we could say, however, if, if we find out that this officer's motive was because he had racism in his heart, well, we need to stand up and say, the issue here is that there's sin in his heart. There's okay. race, the racism is an issue of sin. And so standing up. So if you want to, if you want to like say, you know, I'm in support of black lives and I say black lives do matter. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that because I they agree. do, they do matter because yeah. all lives do matter. Right? right. And these are the lives that are being hurt right now by everything that's going on. So we must say, yes, black lives do matter, but you can't put down another race just because you want to support another race. Right? right. You can't say that one's the victim and one's the villain. Sin had sees no color but sinful people do. So you can't, sin will go from one race to the next. It's not an issue of race when it comes to sin. Yeah. So sin is, is across the board. The, the, the real villain here is just our own sinful hearts. We are our own villain. Christ is the hero in this situation. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, when you say black lives matter, yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. Just as everybody else's life, life matters. Right. And... And again, these are heart issues that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. These are sin issues that go deeper than just the color of your skin. Right. So um, where we're going to start with this and where the conversation ultimately has to land is that God has created the human race in his image. Right. Regardless of what ethnicity you are, what your nationality is, mm-hmm. or the color of your skin— Every single person is created in the image of God. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to protest something personally, and you know, listening to a couple other podcasts, guys that have been saying stuff like this, I'm going to protest the things that are against life, mm-hmm. not just a certain skin color's life, mm-hmm. like life. Period. Right. And and I, and I think that's a worthy thing to to protest and to talk about, but. But man, if if we say again, and I'm not against like mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter, and I'm I'm not against those things because a lot of them are coming from a, a very good, you know, direction. Their motives are good. Their hearts are in a good place. I, I truly believe that. I'll give a give you an illustration in a second. But universally, let's let's talk about the bigger picture here. Yeah, like God created all men in His image, and. And if we can't get to that level playing field, mm-hmm. we're doing an injustice to scripture. Absolutely. Um, one of the things that when I went to Dallas Theological Seminary, it wasn't too long ago, we had a group on campus. And you'll find this a lot mm-hmm. in different um, schools, universities. It doesn't even have to be Christian. Mm-hmm. But it was an African-American 
group of, of guys, men and women, who wanted to band together to form a campus organization. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it was something very, very similar to Black Lives Matter. And one of the closest guys that I had in my life at that time, we were going through seminary together, took a lot of classes together. It's an African-American guy from Oakland, California. Mm-hmm. And they asked him if he would be a, a official, like a leader of this group. Mm-hmm. And he came back and he said, no. I'm not because you're perpetuating a distinction between the student body that is an unbiblical distinction. Hmm. If you want to, if you want to create a group called DTS students for the purposes of God, man, I would love to do it, but I don't want to be a, a part of perpetuating these these distinctions that aren't aren't really right. helping. Right. At the end of the day, and I think that's good. Absolutely, I am totally not in support of a social construct that creates division between people. Right. right. We serve a God who unifies people, right. doesn't divide. Right. Um, I think that's really a key place that we've got to land on all mm-hmm. this. Absolutely. So to sum up that point, you, we could say that if you are dealing with an issue, if, if you're wanting to try to handle this and you're, the way you're handling it is going to defend the black community in this situation, I'd say that's a good start, but you're kind of only scratching the surface because the true handling of the situation is a matter of sin in the heart. Yeah. You don't fight racism with racism. Right. You fight racism, which is sin, with repentance and the right. gospel. Right. So how do we, what is the right way to go about this then? You know, we want to build cultures that are saturated and formed around the truth of the gospel. The the one answer that we have, the only permanent solution mm-hmm. to a sin problem is a savior right. through the gospel. Right. And so whatever we end up doing, we want to bring all aspects of ministry, of life, families, society, culture. Mm-hmm. We want to take all of that back to the gospel yeah. and what Christ has accomplished for us on the cross. And over and over again, what I talk a lot about at, at Tulsa Bible Church is just the heart mm-hmm. of individuals. Mm-hmm. And, and the problem with sin is deeper than skin, it goes to the heart. Our hearts are desperately wicked. Who can understand how deceivingly evil they are? So if we have a solution, a pretend solution, that never gets to the heart, right. again, it's, it's not going to be a permanent solution. The gospel is the one solution that reforms the heart. Right. It takes our hearts of stone, rebellious hearts of stone, Mm -hmm. and makes them soft hearts of flesh Mm. for the purposes of God and for his glory. And that's that's ultimately where we have to get. This is a heart issue. I would be really interested to know if the police officer was an African-American, would this whole situation be in the news right now? Right. If both the police officer and George Floyd were white, Mm -hmm. you know, and again, I don't, want to even use that term white, mm-hmm. Ca- Caucasian, mm-hmm. you know, um, would that be in the news? Right. I'd, I'd venture to say it wouldn't be, but you know, it's here. Hey, let's deal with it constructively. Yeah. Let's bring this to the gospel and hopefully, hopefully give people some element of a, a truth and hope that is, that is much more enduring than, you know, whatever kind of institutional programs Absolutely. You, you want to throw at this thing. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I brought this I, I brought this up in our youth group last night. Actually, I had a few we had a few students on Zoom and I asked them, I was like, guys, what do you think about what's going on in the world right now? And what do you think the solution is? And one girl, uh, she said, 
I think if I was handling this, I would probably just approach it in small conversations. She's like, I like protests. I think those are probably doing whatever they need to do. But I would pursue a small one-on-one conversation with someone as opposed to going out and screaming my lungs off. Now, I I agree with her. I like that. And I think that whole idea of one-on-one conversation or like going just to have that that face-to-face kind of thing, smaller conversations, certainly is the option or the solution, I think, when it comes to presenting the gospel to fight this whole issue of racism. And so how can we as the church adopt that same idea? Well, I mean, we could have, I mean, look at missional churches in the area. We got, we ourselves, TBC is a missional church. We send people all across the globe, right, to, to present the gospel. And the gospel goes and it penetrates hearts. It fights sins of all kinds. Well, right here in Tulsa, we have a history you know, the race riots and everything. There's a racial history, racial injustice. Racial sin is a deep-rooted history here. Missional churches inside Tulsa would be greatly beneficial for our community in the, in the least. But I mean, if you're a church not in Tulsa, if you're a church, whatever community you're in, the best way to fight this issue of sin, and really any sin, I think would be having small conversations in your own community, reaching out to the people in your own community. How can we help those who are suffering and how can we bring the gospel to them? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, um, one of those, one of the aspects of this is just, it's listening, Mm -hmm. you know, absolutely. it's going to voices. Typically we, we might not normally go to in our life and just, just really listening, not even responding just asking a lot of questions, man, help me understand your story a little bit more for you individually. Mm-hmm. And, and then you're, you've got a little bit more information on like, um, good steps to take going forward, but, but a good missional church. And they're realizing this not only on the mission field international mm-hmm. outside of the United States, but, mm-hmm. but also now here in the States, a good missional community approach to your evangelism must be holistic. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you need to fight the got with the gospel against the worldviews in multi ways through multiple avenues in mm-hmm. order that the gospel might impact the heart level from multiple directions. So mm-hmm. man, you know, a good missional community, you probably have, maybe you've got like a, a pregnancy center. Right. That you support, but you also have an after school program for for low income families, for those who need assistance with education. Sure. Maybe you've got a uh, a business office that helps people find jobs, create a resume, get their own education. Maybe you've got something that teaches people how to raise crops, uh, sustain themselves, clean water solutions. Those kind of things when you when you approach it not only from a spiritual standpoint, but from a physical standpoint, you're meeting physical needs, you're meeting financial needs, you're meeting relationship needs, counseling needs, in all of those ways that, you, again, you're coming back to the same gospel, then I think you've got a really good missional community. Yeah. And you're going you're gonna to start hearing how Jesus and the truth of the gospel impacts at every, whatever you're dealing with, yeah. whether it's a, a family crisis, a financial crisis, whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. Um, I really think, and there's great churches in our area specifically that are doing that. Mm-hmm. I think of Crossover Bible Church and, oh, and Philip Abode. Um, man, they, they are doing this on multiple levels yeah. 
and they're having an amazing impact. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, I kind of wonder if Tulsa's response would have been the same mm-hmm. if Crossover Bible wasn't there. Yeah. You know, because he is making that much of a, a difference. They are making that much of a dif- difference. They really are. We, uh, before we came to TBC, just a side note, we uh, we went, we tried out Crossover. We had no clue that it was a plant from TBC, actually. But we tried out Crossover and we were amazed at the the diversity that they had there and the hearts of the people there were so focused on Christ. It was like diversity didn't really mean much to them. The fact that they were there were races of all kinds, cultures of all kinds didn't really matter to them. They were all so focused on Christ. It was they were the same people. It was amazing. Um we we loved it. And so ever since then we've kind of kept up with what they're doing and I've gotten to talk with a few of them in the mission that they're doing there. It's absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Uh, we're really excited to continue seeing what they're doing and right. be uh be great to get get involved a little bit there. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and, and, you know, another thing we can do is, again, a, a great principle from Ephesians 4 mm-hmm. is unity through diversity. Yeah. You know, we're going to have different spiritual gifts in the body of Christ. You're going to have different ethnicities, nationalities, mm-hmm. all that stuff, but you are united under the umbrella of the gospel. Absolutely. The more, I think what we have to realize, and and I'm not the only person saying these things right now, so don't <laughs> throw tomatoes at me the next time you see me. <laughs> But we really have to, just as skin color continues to divide mm-hmm. people, the uh, um, political positions continue to divide people. Yeah. We need to figure out a way not only to find unity between African-American and Caucasian individuals, but also between conservative and liberal, mm-hmm. you know, and, and breach those divides. It doesn't need to be... Um, if, if we're going to have a relevant missional impact, mm-hmm. we've got to be able to get past, you know, Jesus was a conservative Republican. Right. Jesus right. was not Republican or Democratic. Exactly. Uh, he didn't ride on the back of an elephant mm-hmm. or on the back of a donkey. That's right. You know, per se, whatever, however you want to say that. He His agenda was a kingdom agenda, yeah. a, a gospel agenda. Yeah. And so part of that means... We we probably need to uh, take a step away from the staunch political stances mm-hmm. in order to have a better missional presence. Mm. Now, hear what I'm saying. I'm not saying don't get involved in politics. Yeah. Don't get involved in reforming the government. I am saying don't create more division that's not based on Christ and the gospel. Absolutely. That doesn't need to be there. And... Um, and again, you know, this is just, this is just my, my heart Mm -hmm. on it. Uh, not everybody's going to agree. That's okay. I've got great brothers and sisters (laughs) in Christ that say almost the exact opposite thing. Right. But I I think when people in our nation are looking at the way that we're divided in our politics in the church, Mm -hmm. there's no way that they're going to see the unity of the gospel. Yeah. You know, and, and we need to do, we need to emphasize the priorities Absolutely. Love that instead. Absolutely. It makes me think of uh, Galatians 3.28. You know, there is neither Jew nor Greek, no female, no male, no master, no servant when you're in Christ. Yeah. Christ unites all. If you are a Jew or a Greek in the same church, I mean, clearly you're very different people, different cultures, different ideas, the way you do things are differently. Right. But when we're in Christ, we're the same. We're unified. And, and we're all in the image of Christ. That exactly. It, male and female, mm-hmm. he created them 
yeah. in the image of Christ. Right. It's, it's the same across the board. Um, and, and that's where we've got to get to like, here's, here's what I'm upset about in all this. I'm upset that somebody created in the image of, of God mm-hmm. died. Yeah, absolutely. I'm upset that somebody created in the image of God evoked and produced that death. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the, that's the stance that I want to take. Mm-hmm. Um, and that may, that breaks my heart. Yeah. You know, here's, here's what I also want to know. Um, was, was this, this officer, Derek, was he a Christian? Right. Was he a believer? Is I, I want to know who's talking about that in the media. Mm-hmm. Was George Floyd a believer? Um, was, was he, was he a, a brother in Christ? Mm-hmm. You know, and that totally reframes this whole discussion. Yeah. And it's going to get to a lot, a lot more unity and, um, and powerful redemptive concepts than, than this continued fracturing of, of what's going on. Absolutely. Um, you know, the other thing I want to do, we're going to do a sermon on this on Sunday Mm -hmm. is, is talk a lot about these cultural narratives that are out there that just continue to divide. Um, we're, we're believing these narratives, that are sinful narratives. They don't get to the heart mm-hmm. and they'll never get to the truth of, of, of Christianity, of the gospel. If we continue to allow the world to inform our narratives mm-hmm. more than scripture to inform them. And, and so that's my heart with this, but I don't know, man, what are you, what are you taking? What's your, uh, looking at this from a, <laughs> you know, a 30,000 foot view. Right. I mean, you can focus in, like you said, from 30,000 feet, you certainly see that this has been going on since the beginning of time. This is a sinful issue that's been going on since the beginning of time. If you were to focus in a little more, you would say that this is an issue specifically for America. That's been going on not for the big since the beginning of time. It's only been around for a certain period of time. So when we're approaching this and we're saying we need to move past this sin, well, we're, we're saying that we as human beings need to move past this inherent uh, desire to sin, but we're also saying America itself needs to move past its specific version of this sin. Um, ultimately, no matter what scope you're looking at it from, Christ died for all. Right. Right. He died for all. He died for George Floyd. He died for the officer who killed George Floyd. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm praying that this officer has the opportunity to come to know Christ if he does not already. Yeah. And I'm praying for all the other officers, officers who are charged with him. I'm praying for Floyd's family and friends, and I'm praying that ultimately God uses this situation to display his love and his salvation and to display the gospel for all the world to hear as a result of Floyd's death. And if that happened, that would be far more important than anything else that could come out of this. Right, right. Yeah. Here's what's what's not going to work. What's not going to work is... um, police departments all over the nation, you can no longer hold a person down right. with their knee on the neck. No. Guess what? Somebody's still going to die. Exactly. Eventually. That's not going to solve the problem. Exactly. Um, more assistance to help out mm-hmm. low-income areas. That's going to be the, not going to work. Right. That's yeah. you're, you're putting Band-Aids on, on huge problems. That's even probably too of a political comment right there. <laughs> but... You know, other people are going to say that, you know, let's, uh, let's examine this officer's motives. Um, where was his heart really prejudiced against African-Americans? 
good luck. There's really no way of knowing that. I mean, how are you ever going to test that? Mm-hmm. It Ultimately, this has to get down. Again, you say that there's heart issues here mm-hmm. that can only be solved with the truth of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And and I think, unfortunately, I think where the world is going to end up spinning this thing is more rules, more laws, more regulations, um, bigger bigger things that are, are hopefully going to put one step further mm-hmm. into a better economy, mm-hmm. better relationships. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, we're still going to be faced with a huge problem. It's called sin. Mm-hmm. It's called hate. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's not going away apart from apart from the truth of the gospel. And my, I'm burdened here to be a um, an ambassador of a message that can actually bring peace. Yes. Everything else might bring a form of peace, mm-hmm. a uh, um, a view. Uh, what do you want to say? Uh, a misconception. Mm-hmm. You might be peacekeeping, but you're not peacemaking. Uh, the only thing that is ultimately going to make peace is the truth of gospel. And so let's get after it, man. And, and let's, yeah. uh, let's be more missional. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, you know, changing laws is not the, the, the government is not the way we need to go about fixing the situation. The church needs to be the one on top of it. If, if the government was the problem, the government would be the solution. Exactly. The government's not the problem. Exactly. Uh, this is a sin problem, and it de- it demands a sin solution. I would love to end on this note from this this quote from Tony Evans. He says that a unified nation will never be realized until there's a unified church. When that happens, watch what God does for our nation. Great way to end it. It's beautiful. Yeah. Drop the mic. Thanks for uh, thanks for tuning in. Another edition of Hidden God and um, man. Prayers to our nation right now. Um, Love you guys. Look forward to talking with you again next time.